That's the intro. <laughs> that's the cold. That's the cold open. Mm. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we're recording in person we together. Are. This is the first time in almost a year. This is the first time this year. Yeah, it's the first that time we've recorded this year. in person. Um, so apologies for the sound being weird. If it is, we are sitting at Stephanie's kitchen table. Um, and people might walk around and we have like a weird setting on the microphone that will pick up everything. Yeah. Um, today we have a guest with us. It's like, what, your sixth time, I feel? How many? You've been on the show a lot. You are like the most recurring guest at this point. I think I've been on, you I think this is my more, sixth I think, time. than Brian does at this point, because Brian was has been on every power hour, but I think we've done more Halloween style episodes yeah. than you've been on. I've done Brian. three Halloween episodes, a halfway to Halloween episode, and your year wrap up episode. Like a power hour. No, he no. came on like a regular. Oh, we need to get Trevor on a power hour yeah. then. <laughs> oh God! Um, so <laughs> with that, uh, we have Trevor joining us again. Yes, happy to be back. So uh, we like to. We've made you answer these questions a hundred times. And I, I always hope... forget about them. <laughs> I actually, never think about them. I feel them. like always pretty much answer the same way except <laughs> your beard changes. Um, yeah. Okay, so we already said your name, so we know who you are. Um, your favorite beer, your favorite piece of pop culture, and a weird fact about you. Okay. Oh, I always forget that last one, which is always. I actually me. always forget the fact that you choose. I think you do pick a different fact every time. I think I try to. Um, I wouldn't know. We wouldn't. I, know I, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> um, okay. Favorite beer. I'm gonna do seasonal right now because I don't know. Um, Griffin Claw, the Screaming Pumpkin. Oh, yeah. Very good. So Griffin Claw is actually from Metro Detroit, so that's my area. Uh Uh-huh. And I put a little bit of brown sugar cinnamon around the rim. (gasps) You're so bougie. It doesn't matter. You fancy bitch. What point in the day it is. Um, It's the best way to drink it. It's amazing. Um, Favorite piece of pop culture, still Rocky Horror Picture Show. Always will be a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Question about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Was Tim Curry also your awakening in life? Because Tim Curry dressed in drag is like some kind of awakening for me. Uh, no, I think as you will find out today, someone else was my awakening. Okay, that's fair. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> and then a weird fact about you. I think I'm just going to go back to the OG. I can put my legs behind my head. I actually Both don't. at the know. same I time. I forget about that. I don't know that you've ever said that on the air before. Oh, I have. I forget I that don't. you can do that until you'll just be like chilling on my couch. Oh, and I'll do it. My favorite is like doing? during like the height of the pandemic when we were doing video calls, Trevor would be laying in bed with his leg behind his head and be like, I'm just stretching. It's are you in or are you just like trying to? Both. What are you trying to do here? Always. There's always like an another intention <laughs> behind what I do. Um, all right, so mm-hmm. I think that's the intro for you. Mm-hmm. Um, since it's the second episode of the month, we typically like to do uh, binge Lindsay's watch binge watch update. So, um, what have you been binge watching? I feel like I just did this because I feel like we've recorded a bunch of episodes like back to back very know, quickly. Um, I just started the, the show Secession on HBO. Um, I cannot popular. really tell you what it's about fully because it is a whole ordeal. But all I know is it's very popular. It mm-hmm. follows like this family of 
people that like run a media conglomerate essentially like i would say arguably it's like close to what disney is okay or like a viacom or one of those but like disney because they have parks and stuff it's not just like oh. a media conglomerate. i have not um, seen the show it's so. like very dark and twisty i'm only four episodes in but that is what i have been watching otherwise i'm still watching the same shows as before so finishing the new season of ted lasso mainly um what else? Started Foundation. That's an Apple TV show based on the novel Foundation by Isaac Asimov. Um, there's probably three episodes of that. It's Asimov. Yes, Asimov. <laughs> That's not what I said. Oh. <laughs> I said Asimov. Oh. <laughs> it sounded like. Um, and I think, oh, I uh, started the third season of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, that mm. show's so good. Um, which follows a... What is it called? Like a, a coven? Not a coven of vampires. A nest? I guess. A nest of vampires that live uh, in New York City, I think. Oh, uh, like Staten Island. Yeah. Kind of. Um, it's like a British comedy. Enjoyable. Based off of the movie. What um, We Do in the Shadows. By Taika Waititi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a good show. That's the other thing that we've been watching. Cool. So with that being said and done, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Stephanie, what beer are we drinking? Because for once we're all drinking the same beer Yeah, we're together. all drinking the same beer together in person. We are drinking the Pipeworks Spice Latte today. So this is a oat ale with pumpkin puree, dark matter coffee, milk sugar, vanilla, and pumpkin spices. So everybody take a little drink. It's got a pretty label. It's like foiled. I always love a good foiled label. Well, it even smells good. It's got a very heavy, like, coffee aroma. It's very heavy in the coffee. It's weird. It does taste I would love to know what Dark Matter blend went into this, because I love Dark Matter. I think that it tastes very, like, reminiscent of a chai latte. A chai latte? Yeah, Yeah, because it's all the same flavors of a chai, but with pumpkin. pumpkin. So, like, chai has... Cinnamon, clove, and ginger. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are like the major flavors of a chai. Uh, and it's got that with like a tiny bit of pumpkin Does in there. Does it have nutmeg in it? I feel like I taste nutmeg. But I also... Don't look at me. Lin- I didn't say it. <laughs> Lindsay's not allowed to say that on the show. I definitely get the ginger flavor. That's one mm. that I think sticks out very strongly. I was going to say like dynamically, but that doesn't make sense. Um, the ginger, it's got a very strong like ginger note which i don't typically think of with a pumpkin spice latte like i don't get the ginger is not the heavy flavor to me and i'm getting ginger really hard i'm not i'm getting should we all just pass our beers in a circle and see if we all taste the same i'm getting thing? like a good heavy hit of the cinnamon and the clove i don't get very much ginger because ginger is like to me is usually spicy why is it spicy? Why is it spicy? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't get that. I, the more I drink it, though, the more pumpkin I get. Like, when I first had this, I didn't... My first any. sip is very coffee and milk sugar, and then, like, the more you drink it, it's more coffee. I'm or realizing... More coffee, more I feel like the flavor I'm tasting is, like, that of a hazelnut latte. But it doesn't even hazelnut say hazelnut latte. on there. Not nutmeg. But it still doesn't say hazelnut on there, so... These all taste the same so far. Yeah. I don't know which one was mine to begin with. Mm-hmm. This one, this one's yours. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're passing a circle. I don't know. To me, I really get ginger, which sticks out to me a lot. Which is, have you I heard find very ginger? Yes, we have fresh ginger here. Okay, 
saying i um i get cinnamon heavily i get i do get cinnamon heavily. and clove i kind of taste everything i don't taste ginger too much but that's because i'm like i don't know i feel like i use a lot of ginger in my everyday cooking so you need to put a lot in there for me to taste that's fair um pumpkin is coming through a lot more than it was initially is it that's what i'm still waiting for uh the more i drank it the more pumpkin i got but the coffee is what like the the predominant flavor it's is predominantly to me uh um, coffee and milk yeah coffee and milk sugar creamy I will say, I feel like even if I drink a pumpkin spice latte from somewhere, I don't taste the pumpkin that much. You taste the pumpkin spices. doesn't have very much of a flavor on yeah, its Yeah, pumpkin mm. itself is not a very strong flavor. And a lot of places don't even use pumpkin. They call it pumpkin spice because it's like the spices that go in a pumpkin pie. So like oh. Starbucks just recently, in like the last couple of years after the PSL went big, um, started adding like actual pumpkin flavor. Oh, yeah, when I used to work at Starbucks, I mean, you used to work at Starbucks too. There was not actual pumpkin flavor in the PSL. It was the pumpkin spice was in the syrup. And people were like pissed Mm. off that there wasn't pumpkin. And it was orange. Yeah, there was no there was no actual pumpkin in the pumpkin spice latte. But but back when you and I worked there, pumpkin to me just kind of has like a sweetness, and that's like the main flavor is just like sweetness. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I get from this. Yeah. All right. So if you have to pick three words to describe this beer. What are the words we can't say? Um, spice and latte. Spice latte. I'm gonna say creamy coffee. When you come back to the third word, you guys can go. I'm gonna say. I'm also gonna say creamy and coffee because it it almost reminds me a little bit of. Um, like coffee creamer yes oh I get that. yeah so as someone that drinks black coffee i know that's weird that i can definitely be like this kind of reminds me of coffee creamer um this tastes like a coffee like it's it does weird. Yeah. It, it does not co- it tastes like, like i'm beer. drinking an iced coffee right now mm-hmm. it's very creamy and i think it's the addition of the oat so yes. we did the oat and the lactose i think made yeah because when we did at the very beginning of the pandemic we did the um i forget the, the name earl, of the beer but it's the, the earl, earl gray, gray tea yeah. latte yeah. beer Ooh. from pipeworks and it was very like it's a similar texture where it's so creamy like the latte and then this actually has coffee in it compared yeah. to earl gray tea but it, it it's very similar, and I actually like it a lot. Yeah, I think I'm going to say creamy, coffee, and then my last word was going to be, like, light. Like, mm. thin, because for having thin lactose, te- yeah. having lactose and having oats, you expect it to be, like, a thicker mouthfeel, yeah. but it's got a pretty thin, It's like, not, like, a mouth-coaty mouthfeel. oat flavor. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm going to say also creamy, coffee... I feel like this is a weird word to describe a beer, but I'm going to say fragrant. Mm, no, mm. I think it's fair. It's more than just, like, flavorful fair. fragrance. Yeah. It's, like, it's coming through in, like, multiple senses. Yeah, like it, it's very, it's a very sensory beer. Um, multi-sensory. Multi-sensory. Multi-sensory beer. I think I'm going to say nutty, coffee, and desserty. All right. Like it, yeah. it reminds me of like a, a dessert beer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or like a, a dessert, like kind of like um like, like tiramisu or something. Maybe Ooh, the yeah. coffee, but like because of the creaminess and the coffee, mm-hmm. that's what it reminds me of. You know, this would be really good. Like tiramisu, I think you like soak the ladyfingers in coffee and like usually like a liqueur. Mm-hmm. 
You could, like, definitely do, like, a pumpkin spice version with this. Oh, absolutely. It would be nice. I get that. Mm. Yeah, this is a very desserty beer, um, which is really interesting because they call it a latte beer, but I do really like it. I do, It's a too. very good beer. <clears throat> I think latte, calling it a latte beer is very poignant. Like, it's yeah. a- extremely accurate um, because that's exactly what it tastes like. It tastes like I'm drinking an iced coffee. Yeah. With, like... Very little beer flavor to it. I wonder how much caffeine is in this. I wish I knew because this is, it tastes a lot like coffee. Oh dear God, there's caffeine? I don't know. Really. We, do, we don't it could, know. It could have caffeine. It, it could have caffeine. We don't know. Cool. Um, it's not in the label, but I wish it did have caffeine because then I would feel like I'm actually just drinking up. This would be your morning pick me up during the week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just have it during work. <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, a little Monday morning. Cool. Wake up. So with that out of the way, um, I think maybe Trevor should intro this yeah. episode topic. Oh, okay. So today we are talking about my favorite movie franchise. And mine. <clears throat> Not mine. And Steph's. Uh, the Evil Dead franchise. Yeah. So um, the, the original film is typically referred to as The Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, it was released on October 15th, 1981 at the Redford Theater, which is like outside of Detroit. It's like an art house cinema mm-hmm. theater. So that's why we're celebrating right now. The film actually didn't get national distribution until 1982. Um, the film was written and directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, it was produced by Sam Raimi, Robert Tapper, and Bruce Campbell. It's based on a oh, short. It was produced film. by Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I didn't realize that he produces the whole thing. I didn't. I, I get that. Like I get the later ones. I didn't realize he produced the first one. He did. Yeah. So um, the the film is based on a short film called Within the Woods, which was mm-hmm. developed as a proof of concept for potential investors. And the film stars Bruce Campbell and. Ellen Sandwise. Sandwise. Don't they have like a poster for that? They do. In the movie, in the first one? They do, yeah, yes. That's what I thought. Um, so Within the Woods is a very similar concept to Evil Dead. It's about a 30 minute short film, um, except the cabin is on a remote uh, burial ground, and Bruce's character, which is just called Bruce, is essentially possessed by a Native American like dagger which brings out the violent spirits within the woods. Okay. So they created the short film as a way to get investors for the larger Evil Dead film. I feel like knowing that background makes some of the things, some of the choices that they made in the first film mm-hmm. make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the woods being alive and yeah. it being the woods, right. like knowing that. Because it was on a right. quote-unquote Indian right. burial ground. Right, yeah. and like the, the first film has very little back, very little, uh, there's no, no backstory. There's no, no, there's, no context, backstory. there's no backstory. There's no nothing. Uh, so knowing that, like, kind of makes it click that that's yeah. why the woods are alive. That's why they focus so heavily on that dagger. Yeah. Um, which, like, they never really explain other than yeah. it being like a thing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 interesting. Yeah, and then um, just kind of going into some background around the development of the series, which I think is just really interesting. Um, no one that worked on this film had any kind of formal experience. Literally no one. Um, they had no experience scouting a location, you know, setting all of this up. So they found the location themselves and they were filming in this remote cabin outside of Morristown, Tennessee. 
and 13 people slept in this cabin every single night. Wow. Because there was nowhere else. There was literally in the middle of nowhere. And they did not plan ahead for anything that could potentially go wrong. So um, the, the, the conditions during the filming were just noted by everyone that worked on it as an absolute nightmare. And the, the cast and the crew had to like live through very intense filming conditions mm-hmm. in order to create this thing. Do you have the budget for the first movie by any chance? Um, I can find it. Oh, they're showing me the gross. Oh, here it is. Sorry, I do not have any of my tabs up. Three hundred seventy thousand. I'm seeing three fifty thousand. So just just over three hundred. So the original budget for this film was just over. Three hundred and fifty thousand. I don't know why I thought it was like a very low budget. I mean, that's pretty low budget at the time, but I thought it was like a film on like six thousand dollars. Based on some of the effects, it kind of makes you feel like it. Was I feel filmed. like the prosthetic, like work. Yeah, that they was do a, that alone. was the majority of their yeah. budget and the the creature, like the well, that's two. forest. Oh, the forest, yeah. That's yeah, right. you know what I mean? Like that, al- like those two things alone are probably like the majority of the budget. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, and I feel like the actors probably did not get paid. Not no. well. So, uh, Bruce Campbell was only cast as the main character because he was, um, because he was a producer. So he had to be on site throughout the entire filming process. Regardless. The, the remaining members of the main cast of five you know, were able to come and go. They would mm-hmm. like, do a few scenes, leave, come back, or, you know, just do their bit and then dip out. Where are they going? Back home. Back to, to Michigan. To Michigan? Back to Michigan. <laughs> to Michigan, to MSU. <laughs> uh, but because Bruce had to be on site the entire time as a member of the production staff, he was put in the role okay. as the main character because mm-hmm. he had, was going to have to be there yeah. the whole time. Right. Which I find really interesting because Bruce Campbell is so famous now because of this yes. role. Yeah. My understanding of how this movie was made is very different than how it actually was. For some reason, <laughs> I thought this was like a college project that they got a bunch of college students to do. Because <laughs> that's kind of like the way it... You should, just, if we could ever find the Within the Woods short film, I feel like that's the one that's going to be the college that film That I think project. maybe is yeah. what I'm thinking of. But It wouldn't have been long after college for Sam Raimi. No. Yeah. Um, Ooh, we got a game to play later Ooh. on on air. Oh God! Oh okay, it's the how um, many degrees of is it Nick Cage? Oh, the how many degrees? How many degrees, how many degrees are we from Sam Raimi? Yes. Oh, because it's it's less than closer than ever. It's less than you think. Um, so people in the like the crew were getting lost in the woods when they were trying to set up filming because it was in mm-hmm. such a remote location, and then if something went wrong medical assistance was really hard to get. Yeah. And the budget was so low for the makeup and the effects, so everything was just, like, extra extreme. The thing that I love about the first one is that, like, you can tell that the prosthetics don't fit, because there are sections where, like, you see their, like, their their skin's, their skin is, like, wrinkly and looks kind of like Jabba the Hutt, 
but then you can kind of see their own arm underneath, mm-hmm. yeah. like, the, what's, like oh, yeah. what's covering them. So, and it wasn't, like, prosthetics. It was, like, a suit that they were wearing. Exactly, like, yeah. arm things that, like, you could see their joints. So one out. of the things that's been noted is one of the most difficult prosthetics that the cast had to wear. So you know how in the first Evil Dad their eyes yeah. are different? Yes. Those are plastic contacts. Not even, like, regular contact lenses. It's, like a full-blown piece of plastic they had to wear in their eyes, and they could only wear them for 15 minutes at a time because it would, like, dry out their eyes because it completely blocked the moisture from getting into your eyes. So So that's how they got it to bulge like that. Yeah, Yeah. it's bulging because they literally cover their entire eyes. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So um, towards the end of the filming of the first film... They, they did all the interior shots first, and they only had exterior shots left to film. The crew was living through such intense conditions during December of that particular year. Mm-hmm. They were burning the cabin furniture to keep warm. Because they, they yeah. were living in the middle of nowhere and yeah. had nothing else. The actors were regularly in and out of the filming area because of how rough it was to be on site. Um, any kind of scene that you see where it's just like a hand moving or something, it's not an actor. It's either Sam Raimi's hands or it's his brother his brother's hands because mm-hmm. they could film them without that actor yep. being on site. Uh-huh. So I think that's just like really interesting of how they tried to cut you know cut corners, I guess, yeah. by not having the actual actor there. But... Well, even how you were saying that Bruce was on site way more than the other actors and actresses, like. The amount of close-ups of just his face and nothing else they have mm-hmm. in the entire franchise is right. like yeah. crazy. Yeah, they, and they do have like... a bunch of like close-ups and like him wiggling his eyebrows yeah. and stuff, which is like iconic at this point. Yeah, right. yeah absolutely. Like, but the, but at the time when it was just the that. first film, yeah, yeah, right. it's really intense. It was easy to, to film that because right. they, they didn't need... have to be there. Mm-hmm. The, I, the statement that you have on the contacts makes it really interesting because something I was noticing this rewatch was that. Linda, mm-hmm. when she's possessed, doesn't have any of, like, the symptoms that everyone else has. Yeah. She becomes more doll-like and, yeah. like, looks the same, but her makeup yeah, is yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because, like, she had a bad reaction to those contacts, so they tried to, like, limit how much they yeah. did with that. I okay. also, I don't know which actress it was, but one of them was wearing a prosthetic, and, like, they were fitting her face to the prosthetic, and they ripped all of her eyelashes out. <sighs> And so, like, that's why the whole thing about there being limited medical assistance availability oh. was an issue because, like, all of her eyelashes got ripped out. That's terrible. I don't know which actress it was. My it thought would be the awful. the girl Shelley who, who, that died, that got disembodied. This, or Sh- this is Shelley or Cheryl? The one who they lock in the Cheryl. The, okay, because Cheryl because hers are like the most. In, I feel like yeah, the most intense yeah. out of everyone's prosthetics. She, I also feel like she probably had to do the most shots being in the prosthetic because she was the so first early. one yeah. that gets turned. Yeah. yeah. Um. I well, like because not Shelly. Um. It was Cheryl, Linda, and I can't remember the other girl's name. Shelly. It is Shelly. Yeah. Shelly. Okay. Shelly was very like short. Yeah. In like the possession time, mm-hmm. so maybe it, I mean it could have been her in this way. They cut yeah. short too. Yeah, it's true. I also know that in. One of the outdoor scenes, Bruce Campbell sprained his ankle really badly, and Sam Raimi would like poke it to make him like scream more and like react more in front of the film. So it was wow. You have to remember those two are like best friends. Right. Like that's the reason that he's a <laughs> part of it. Is Sam but... Raimi, the reason that Bruce Campbell goes maybe. 
We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so it was very intense. They were so just kind of like flying by the seat of their pants yeah. trying to create a lot of this stuff. Um, the original 1981 Evil Dead actually got an NC-17 rating. Wow. Um, I also have a note that I'm like 90% sure that Sam Raimi has come out and said he regrets the tree rape scene of Cheryl. Because oh. we were talking about that this yeah, morning. Where it, it doesn't really make sense with the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, from a plot standpoint, yeah. it doesn't contribute any plot to the movie. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. I get that maybe like it happens and that's how she gets possessed, but everyone yeah. else gets possessed like in some other way. Yeah. So like I actually cannot watch that scene because it like is so disturbing to yeah. me. And it's, I mean, it's so obviously fake, but it's one for me, it's like it's unnecessary, doesn't add anything to the plot, to the movie as a whole. And like it's just so disturbing that like, I just cannot. And like I always skip through it because I cannot yeah. watch it. But I think it's interesting that they included that because, and that he says that because I'm like ninety percent sure I cannot confirm. I mean, if he but did, I think, I, read that I think it's interesting because in the the new one that came out in 2013 or so, yeah, like they repeat that scene to an extent. They do, and it that's slightly how different. Mia, the sister, yeah, gets possessed. Wow. And if he like you know if they came out and were like, I regret that scene. It didn't make sense. They did make it like a plot point, sort of, but yeah. like it still, like, doesn't really, like, make sense. Like, it could have happened yeah. a different way. Mm-hmm. I also feel like the statement came out later than the 2014 Oh, for sure. Um, I love, 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 love the first Evil Dead film. Um, Me too. I actually have a note about how there's a couple of really good jump scares in that movie that every single time I watch it, they still get me. I don't think it's scary. I don't think it's scary either, but there's a few scenes that I will jump every single time, and I actually make notes of. I don't think any of the Evil Dead movies are scary. I think I consider them more akin to how I feel about like a zombie movie, like twenty years later. Yeah, Um, I feel like the same kind of like level. I think that's the same, a similar horror. It's not scary to me, but I also don't think Scream is scary. And like those are some of my favorite movies. I love it because it's so campy, right, and out there and ridiculous. And I agree with you. Like, I think I love Evil Dead. The, the Evil Dead mm-hmm. is my favorite of the franchise. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So I, I did make a note because I rewatched it twice in preparation for this episode. The first one? Yeah. Okay. Um, I made a note of the three jump scares that get me. It's the scene where Cheryl sits up and stabs Linda in the ankle. That's one. That scene is not that scene doesn't scare me. It's it grosses me out. So oh. the, No, it's the, the, it's the moment where Cheryl sits up. Yeah. That's the part that like what makes I me will jump say about time. the Evil Dead versus Evil Dead 2 is that the Evil Dead grosses me out and oh, I like absolutely. I I felt like disgusting watching like it the level because of gore. Right. Yeah. Be, well, it's the level of gore that is bad and like gross mm. gore. Like yeah, the Evil it Dead is 2 really has gross. a lot of gore that's not it's, nearly as gross looking right. because it's like more realistic. Yeah. But like the Evil Dead's effects are so bad <laughs> that it starts to make you sick. Yeah. And so like that scene that you're talking about when she gets stabbed in the ankle and they're like like she's it's a pencil, isn't it? it and yeah. like she's pulling the pencil through her leg. <gasps> it's so gross to me because it's so obviously fake. But, like, they're just zooming in on it mm-hmm. and they, like, so yeah. focused on that effect that it yeah. grosses me out. And I was, like, I, I was watching this in the plane and I was sitting there, like, I'm going to throw up because yeah. this is so gross. It's the moment that 
gets me is when Cheryl sits up. Is yeah. what yeah. the one that gets me. Um, and then I said when Shelly is in the bathroom and she grabs Scott by the throat, that mm-hmm. one j- mm-hmm. makes me jump. And then when Cheryl's hand breaks through the floor, yes, the yeah. end. yes, that's like the well, iconic, that's the iconic scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's on my shirt. Um, <laughs> but that is the one that scares me the most. When Cheryl and breaks the y'all floor, y'all have sat with oh, me you, while you jumped watching that. The entire movie. We were like painting scare. or something and you were like jumping every like... The jump scares is what get, But it's so interesting because and I feel like what makes it scary for me is the fact that it's like comedy horror. Like, yeah. So I'm laughing at it and then I'm like coming down from like the comedy high they get and then like they're like... It. it just like pauses for a moment and yeah. then it does yeah. the jump yeah. and it... Yeah. I it just, gets yeah. you when like you're like in a calm yeah. state. Yeah. I get that. I also made a note about the first film that I absolutely love the scene where Ash just gets drenched by the pipes with blood. Oh, yeah. So he's mm-hmm. in the basement and he just gets like sprayed. I think it's so funny. I love that use of like just ridiculous oh, effect. Because yeah. they do that. They repeat that in two. Two. Um, when he's like drenched with like blood and then he's just re- drenched in black. Yeah. And that leads into my favorite scene of the entire franchise. Yeah. And then I also made a note that the, the the scene where the projector has blood dripping onto it and Ash is, like, standing in front of the projector screen and there's, like, mm-hmm. blood pouring yeah. in. He's covered in blood yeah. and the blood's dripping down the projector, I think, is so cool looking. I just Well, I think that. it's funny because the blood's dripping down the projector and they're showing you the blood on the, the projector, mm-hmm. but it doesn't match the blood that's, like, it's projected. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> it's, it's, I've noticed that this most recent watch around that, like, it's not dripping on the projector, but it's dripping on what it's showing. Uh-huh. And the projector just has blood on it. <laughs> and it doesn't match. And it's, like, it's evident that, like, it's a different, it's projecting something different. Yeah. So a really interesting thing about the blood in particular that was used in the first Evil Dead film, um, the blood itself is made of coffee, corn syrup, and food coloring. That's why it looks so different to the other... If you think about other films that came out at the time where mm-hmm. you see blood like that... It's corn syrup and food It's coloring. mostly just the corn syrup and food coloring. So that it looks very different in yeah. this particular film, you know, at the time. Yeah. The so it's just really it, like darker, yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. And it also makes it easier to spray because coffee is so thin. Yeah. So if you put the heavy cornstarch, the food coloring together, and blend it all together with coffee, that gives it that thin texture, so they can just spray, spray. it everywhere. Yeah. Which that's one of my favorite, like most notable things about the entire franchise itself is like the how gory and like this like every single one of the films mm-hmm. and I, I haven't seen the newest like the 2013 we, I for the first time today but i don't know if they do that same thing there but like they have that included they in every single one of them spray like out of a pipe or anything but it like rains blood so like, okay. it, there's a, a drenching of blood yeah. In it. yeah um apparently that blood the, the the concoction for the blood was so intense that like shirts that Bruce would wear he would like lay out and they would like solidify where he would go to put them on the sleeves would break because they basically turned into candy wow oh because like he was so covered up with it wow and he smelled so bad that they would make him ride in the back of the pickup truck because no one would let him ride up front Mm. oh daddy Bruce (laughs) speaking of daddy Bruce do you want to talk about that now yes okay so this movie means a lot to me for a lot of reasons but Bruce. 
dear God. Bruise between one and two also just had like a glow I mean, up. The the chin itself the chin, had a glow the up. Chin. The chin the of jawline, the chin of it all. The chin of it all. Chin chin of it all. all. Like it's he's just so amazing. Um not his acting in particular, two. but no. <laughs> but like just like him as a character and like I would love to like meet him in person and see him on set, like behind the scenes and see how he works. But you're like two degrees away, so I there we go, see? Um but my like love for this franchise partly comes from my love for Bruce. We're trying to figure out how many degrees you away from <laughs> Bruce Campbell you are. So. so from Sam Raimi, you're two. So, well, Max knows Sam Raimi. Okay, so then you're you're one. Yes. One de- well, one degree is knowing them. So two is, n- so you know someone that knows someone. Yes. Um, so that means that you're three degrees away from Bruce Campbell, because Max doesn't know Bruce Campbell. Right. And so, in preparation for this, I was obviously watching... So you yeah. were on the phone with and, Sam Raimi? <laughs> I wish. Did, did we get Sam Raimi on the phone? We did not, but is I was Sam talking Raimi, like, to Max. Is Sam Raimi, like, a surprise Max. on this episode? No. <laughs> I was, and here he is. No. <laughs> um, no, but I was talking to Max about it. He was like, yeah, he's a really cool guy because his dad goes on, like, trips with him every the an- year and the stuff. The annual like, they, boys They vacation. know each other from, like, Detroit area yeah. and from camp and things like that. From camp? Yeah. They all went to camp together and, like, that's how their friend group, like, White really people. got to go know each other. It's a Metro Detroit Jewish people thing. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um to be fair, they were to all from fair. Detroit and all did go to a strictly Jewish camp in Canada. Okay. Um, in but, Canada? Yes, in Canada. Fancy. Um, so, it's fancy for in Canada. It's like the same one that like Max and all his friends went to. But, so that's how they know each other yeah. for the most part in, from being yeah. in the Detroit area. But um, no, I was talking about it too and I was just like, so like at our wedding when is we... Is Sam Raimi going to be the cameo? Sam Raimi? Is he so he's Bruce definitely Campbell? invited. Is he going to bring Bruce Campbell? That's what I was saying. I was like... <laughs> So I was trying to tell him, I was like, how do I, like, sl- like how do you slip into Bruce the invite, like, you're only invited if you bring Bruce, and then how do I make my wedding about them? Because I don't even, at that point, I don't even want Wait, it to be so about like me. an Evil Dead-themed wedding? There's just going to be a meet and greet with Sam Raimi, and that's going to be my wedding. It's an Evil Dead-themed wedding. Everyone yes. just has to get sprayed by corn syrup. Exactly. I'm here for it. Yeah. I mean... I, I literally we'll have already asked you that when you get married, how many pieces of Evil Dead memorabilia am I allowed to bring for Sam Raimi all to sign? Them. Wait, <laughs> all of them. Can you ask Sam Raimi to just give you Evil Dead memorabilia <laughs> so, to sign? Today I was asking Max about Ooh, that. Guys, I was like, why have we Bruce not done Campbell. that? Oh no, he's still married. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's about to get us excited by his relationship. I was about to be status. like, if he's coming, I'm single. I thought you were say, if he's coming, so <laughs> because true <laughs> no though this is like one of the first like I don't want to it's not slasher I don't know really so the I think the category of this horror film I don't film, even know what category this is it's considered it's, horror comedy but I don't know that it was meant to be it's paranormal thriller it's not considered a slasher it's considered right. like a possession because like, it's also got like zombie like this is what we talked about earlier too with like the new one is like it's got zombie aspects technically yeah but it's like, of, like a how it's spread. supernatural right. thriller. yeah and it's it's not very clear in the like the genre it falls in other yeah. than being like maybe black comedy, black comedy. right yeah. but if you look 
on they now. Intending it for it to be funny. So that's why I what I want to know and what I want to ask Sam Raimi to be honest because is he gonna tell you the truth? I don't think so. But <laughs> but because if you go on to like any streaming service when you look up the film, yeah, it's, it's like categorized horror comedy. horror comedy, and yeah. I I don't personally think it was supposed to be. At least either. the first one. I don't know but. what the first one is. I think they like leaned into it and like rolled with the punches and like made it funnier. For, especially for Army of Darkness, yes. like okay. that one. If they weren't tr- trying to be comedic, like yeah, wow, <laughs> so, like, that's the interesting thing is that like the Bruce Campbell starring ones mm-hmm. are like they're very much comedic. They're very much campy. Yeah, but the 2013 Evil Dead. It's is not, not campy. campy. It's it takes not comedy. itself way too seriously. And it's like a <clears throat> hot teen horror. Kind I guess of. it's like Riverdale if people were dying. So this is exactly the reason I've never seen it. Because because this is one of my favorite franchises. Yeah. I did not want that film. I didn't trust that film enough to watch it. Because I knew it was yeah. going to ruin it if for it me. If it means something like sentimental to you, I wouldn't. I We liked it because we were watching with friends. Like, we were yeah. watching it together and we were making fun of it. And that's right. like, and it, by liking it, I mean, like, generic <clears throat> liking. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I'm. Not, I'm are we ever going to watch again? Absolutely Probably not. I will never. So... As we're talking about the franchise, let's move into Evil Dead 2. Mm. So I think one of the things that's really interesting about this film in particular, beyond the fact that they had a bigger budget and kind of retold the first film to make Ash seem like a bigger badass than he was in the first film. replaced a lot of the actors. Did they retell the first film or did they just pretend the first film didn't happen because that's what they did? Well, it's a retell... I've heard both. In the first five minutes, they retell the first film. They cut out four, three of the actors, Uh and then like they they recast his love interest. They recast Linda every three times. They recast Linda every Every time, and they they like rewrite the first one like as though it didn't happen because the book is still there. Yeah, at the end of it, so like it's as though the first movie didn't happen, and they're like, "Oh shit, let's redo it a little bit, Mm -hmm. and let's like give it some like backstory and some plot and some like." detail yeah. that people needed because we didn't do that the first time around. Although I think the most important thing about the retelling is that Bruce Campbell is so much hotter. Yeah. And Evil he Dead is too. Like, he went from daddy to zaddy. Uh, he went no. from, like, <laughs> teenage from, like, boy yeah. to daddy. Yeah, he went from, like, frat bro to daddy. Mm. To, or maybe he skipped daddy and went straight to zaddy. That's fine. <laughs> but, like, my favorite part of this... One of my favorite things about the second movie is that his shirt, like, slowly starts to deteriorate. Oh, yeah. He just, like, ends up mostly shirtless And then it's, by like, the it's covering one peg, showing most of his abs. The other peg is completely exposed. His arm is completely exposed. And you're like... Mm. This is what people And for that, we it. thank you, Bruce. <laughs> so, thank you, I Sam th- Raimi, if that was you. <laughs> I think what's really interesting about this, the second Evil Dead... Is that the film was actually going to get, well, they the reason that there's multiple blood colors, so that they have the red and the green, is because they were afraid the film was going to get an X rating, which was mm. primarily at the time used for porn. Yeah. Because uh, of the blood? Because of the amount of blood. If it's used. extreme uh-huh. gore, it used to get categorized under that. They didn't have any separation. It's NC-17 likely now. Yeah. The no. original even the original Evil Dead, if you go on HBO, it's an NC seventeen rating. Really? Yeah. 
Interesting. Um, but they thought that multiple colors of blood, because it's obviously not real, and there's just so much blood in Evil Dead 2, they thought that the different shades would help appease the MPAA. Is that they go for black, too? They would do the black, the red, mm-hmm. and the yeah. green. Doesn't really help, because the film still got an X rating. <laughs> um, <laughs> they actually released it into theaters as unrated. Wow, really? Ooh, yeah. Interesting. At uh, the time. Um... I think we need to talk about how like, I think one of my favorite scenes scenes in the entire franchise, and it's yours yes. as well, yeah. is the scene where Ash is like losing, losing his it. mind, it's and like, like the room is laughing around him. Yes. So it starts with him looking in the mirror and saying, "Like he's talking to himself yes, in the mirror." And he's talking and the about killing Linda, back. Mm-hmm. and yeah. the mirror's talking back, and then he's choking it, and then he's he realizes himself. he's choking himself. Yeah. yeah, and then it goes into like the room laughing the. The deer on the wall looks at him and is laughing, and then he looks over at the lamp, and the lamp is, like, laughing, too, and then, like, the books all start laughing, and my favorite part of that scene is, like, when he steps back, he starts, like, laughing as well, and then he looks at the lamp, and the lamp is, like, moving up and down, and, and he starts moving up and down with it, and I never noticed it was in unison with the lamp until this most recent watch-through, and it is now my favorite thing that happens in any of the movies is him just going him looking at the lamp and just opening his mouth smiling going no bouncing up and down i want to know how they did that because their budget i just looked it up their budget for the second movie was 3.5 million which is first of all a lot more it does not look a 3.5 million dollar budget no they spend i actually think that they spend all the budget on that scene (laughs) scene because i was thinking about that i was like this scene is like very well done for cgi like for the time yeah and then like later on the cgi and the effects get very bad Mm -hmm. and i think that they use all of the money in that scene and that and then the abomination yeah Mm um but the like you can the use practical, so I think you can use that. pretty solid practical effects. I don't think any of that was CGI because there are points where you see the CGI. Yeah, yeah. And like when he's pulled into the vortex, mm-hmm. that is very obviously a green screen because yeah. it is yeah. bad. Yes. Yeah. So I do think that I they think use they did that most effects. of that practically. Yeah, I think they yeah. use practical effects there because you can like you can pretty easily like move things with practical effects. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think most of that budget went to like the abomination. I though, think like, that's very why. I think that's why I enjoy these early films so much is because it is the practical effects mm-hmm. that like yeah. carries the story. I do right. prefer practical effects over CGI because I, I think CGI at some points can look so real or so fake that yeah. it just pulls you out it of it. It depends on the film, but yeah, right. it's it's one or the other where right. it mm-hmm. looks too real, too fake, one or right. the other, right. yeah. And this one, the, the CGI looks so fake that it's just like not believable and pulls you out, whereas the practical effects like look realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my favorite part of the second film, and I think my favorite like part of the entire series is his hand betraying him. I love his it. Hand oh my god, the hand possessed. thing. The hand thing. Give me back my hand. <laughs> the hand thing, and I was talking to Stephanie about this. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to how or any, why anyone gets possessed, mm. and like, the hand thing doesn't make sense to me because like. He's fully possessed at the beginning of the movie. He is fully possessed in the beginning of the movie, and then the sun comes up, and he's not anymore. But in the first one, there's no, like, rhyme or reason to why, like, he doesn't get possessed. Yeah, exactly. Everyone else gets possessed, yeah. And then there's no, like, rhyme or reason as to why his hand is possessed. 
Other than the fact that, like, the rest of it, him. like, leads to the plot point of him getting the chains off. Right. Yeah. But that's what I love about it. Well, I love most of no, the things about it. No, and I don't need it to, like, make sense. Oh, right. Well, nothing like, in this franchise right. does. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it, like, tries to attack him. First of all, I'm imagining him trying to film that scene with a straight face. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Like, I, I cannot take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then, like, the yeah, the cutting it off and then attaching the chainsaw to it. It's just, like... Iconic. It's iconic. It's when iconic. I think of it the franchise, iconic. that is what that I is, think yeah, of. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That yeah. Is, and that's... Which is funny, because none of that takes place in the original film. I so know. So, we think Which of is the franchise, think... we think of Ash with the chainsaw hand and the boomstick. Yeah. And none of that is the first film. I think that that's why they tried to rewrite the first one. They knew mm-hmm. that like, the first one was, a, like, the, the evil dad was a cult favorite. Yeah. And I think in their heads, they were like, we can make this bigger, we can make this better. And they did, to an extent. Like, they took the first one, yeah. they rewrote it. <clears throat> and, like, Evil Dead 2 is, by and large, like, Evil Dead 1, but with a backstory. With, a right. with additional <clears throat> things beyond. And, like, right. more well one. thought yeah. out than yeah. Evil Dead 1 was. And that's why I think Evil Dead 2 is so iconic comparatively. Mm-hmm. That's why you think of, that's what, that's why, that's what you think of when you think of Evil Dead. Yeah. Also, I do want to throw in... Um, when they show the naked Linda Deadite in Dude, Evil Dead 2. Are very perky. Oh. That's one thing I noticed <laughs> is that, like, she's, like, like, half, like, you can see her ribs exposed, but then there's, like, a full-on boob, mm-hmm. and it is a very perky boob, and that is the first thing and the only thing I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully, of course. It shows it through the window, <clears throat> right? Uh, when she's trying to kill him. Well, oh, okay. she's, like, dancing oh, out in the yeah. woods at one point, yes. and then her head, like, rolls back right. onto she's, her like, body. She's, like, trying to kill him at some point. Yes. Like, it's yeah. very evident. It's just, like... So, I want to know, because they use that, whatever that effect is, they use that same thing in um, Army of Darkness for the skeletons. Is that, like, claymation or something? Because it's very, like, choppy and, like... Yeah, so... It I looks, it's... like, motion capture to me. I'm not entirely sure, because we don't... I don't know the I answer to tell. that, but it so reminds like, me of claymation motion capture type. Some of it seems like claymation, where like in the first one, it for sure seems like claymation, like when the bodies are de- decomposing. I've actually but heard when, that's like, not claymation; that's just stop motion. That's like foam and applesauce okay. and a bunch of Got shit it. blended together oh. to make it. They, they Got just it. Stop motion. Oh. The tree scenes either. I don't think that those were stop motion. I think those were claymation. Yeah. I don't know how they would have gotten effects, like, with a low budget like that, how they would have made, like, actual giant trees mm-hmm. outside of, like, making them small scale. Right. Maybe not actual clay, but, like, sometimes small scale Some effect. kind of stop motion. Um, yeah. I think that her... So, Linda specifically always had better effects and mm-hmm. better, um, like, prosthetics than everyone else did because I think she was a main character. Yeah. So, I think Linda herself might have been, like, a costume, potentially, or I I rewatching it thought maybe it was like a Barbie. I could see that as well. Like I also read that uh, like... that's that's entirely possible. I also read that in Evil Dead Two in particular, Sam Raimi's brother had to play the character in the costume most of the time. Mm-hmm. So like when they show, I only know in 
I specific were like around. in Evil Dead 2 when they were possessed they seemed like larger yeah. than their actual character did and I assume that was like part of like a bloat from being dead or whatever but no I assume it's it probably like a, different a costume person. yeah it was Sam Raimi's brother because I know in particular he did the the mother that was buried in this yes, the fruit cellar yes that's specifically mm-hmm. the one that I noticed that like her body was yeah. like double the size that you would that's expect that's because Sam Ra- or Sam Raimi's brother I can't think of his brother's name but his brother played the I can't remember it either but he in in the third he, film as well he plays multiple characters absolutely um, yeah yeah so now we're thinking through that so like let's talk uh, Army of Darkness <laughs> I feel like this is one of all of okay. our fan favorites so Army of Darkness like <laughs> so I feel like one was just out there two was trying to like reel it back in a little bit and then three was like Apparently, people like the fucking like psychotic nature. Like, so here's of what's it. crazy. Just, like, go out the wall. Here's yeah. what's crazy about Army of Darkness. So the original concept for Army of Darkness was pitched as the sequel to the first Evil Dead. Okay. Really? Uh, wow. Yes. And then they were like, "Oh, we don't have enough money to do this, so we're going to do Evil Dead 2. Because okay. the difference, so they, for Army of Darkness, they had 11 million. Yeah, because Sam so Raimi had is, already directed, like, a big film outside of the Evil yeah. Dead films It's nearly point. 20 times the budget that they had before. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's why they were able, they, they just couldn't pull it off on the, you know, the, the budget that they had for Evil Dead 2. Right. They, were, Sorry, they were also going to. times the budget that they had before. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, I did the math. They like were going times. to call it Medieval Dead, which I also think I is so <laughs> clever. I, mean, I think that's so clever. I think that is a better name than Army of Darkness because it doesn't. The thing that like I find hard too is that it's the Evil Dead, Evil Dead, and then Army of Darkness, and it doesn't really follow that. So like, when trying to find the movies, I was like, oh fuck, well, they don't have Army of Darkness in the rows. Oh shit, I know, I need to search Army, Army of Darkness. Darkness. Yeah, yeah, but if you don't know that, yeah, right. It's... You think it just kind of like ends there and. Just, I love it because it's so like this entire time it was just paranormal but then it went to something completely different like I feel like getting sucked into a different time for like period of time the thing I didn't really think about until this particular rewatch because I mean I've seen these films so many times I've never just like sat down and like put the connection together yeah also I not gonna lie, normally I feel like we're all drunk when we watch these movies, mm-hmm. yeah. so this was the first time I had watched Army of Darkness sober, and, or mostly sober, <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, I forgot that Ash gets like sucked into the different timeline, yeah. it completely slipped <clears throat> my mind. Yeah. Because when I think of Evil Dead 2, I don't think about the fact that he goes back in time. Yeah. That's how or it ends. That, right. right. But then that's why he's like screaming at the end of Evil Dead 2 because he realizes, oh shit, this guy came out of the sky and is the one that's supposed to save them from right. that's him. the undead. And he's yeah. like, oh shit, that's me. Yes. I am the the foretold prophecy. I yeah. don't really understand how he didn't see it coming when he saw the picture and it was a guy with a chainsaw strapped to his arm and then he straps a chainsaw to his arm and isn't like, oh, maybe that's going to be me. And it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I guess I never really caught that in there. How many other people just have chainsaws strapped to their arms instead of an arm? So, like, the fact that he didn't see that coming is kind of on him. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, you're fine, but you're simple. <laughs> I also... <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love also the scene from this movie where he starts, he calls it the boomstick for the first yes. time. And he goes into the whole speech about how the gun was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And how it's like a very like S-mart explanation of how he's trying to sell this gun. Wait, yes. I thought that gun, like I thought they found that there in the cabin. They did. But in, in the original, yes. But then later, I was going to say they rewrite our, it every time, so it doesn't matter where they found they it. They found that gun in in Tennessee both times. Yeah, well, it was so supposed like, to be in Michigan, I think, both times. No, but. it happens in Tennessee. They oh, they're, they're on no, the border no, no, no. of Tennessee. You're and right. Michigan. You're right. You're right. Like Tennessee both, and Michigan, you're not. In sorry, Kentucky and Michigan. They're yeah. like, where are we? No, nope, like, not next to each other either. Kentucky is not on the border of Michigan. Mm-mm. Kentucky and Tennessee. Tennessee. Sorry, there you go. Sorry, say, yeah. that is what I'm trying to say. They're on the border, and then like I don't know how that gun came from Michigan unless he like brought it with him, but he did not. Well, in Army of Darkness, this is the first time they ever like. Oh, Ash has a job, mm-hmm. which I think they're trying to like pitch him as being older than he was in the original. Older than in college because they were in college. They were in college in the original. I think in the second they maybe, but then like in yeah, Army in of Darkness, one, they definitely that. acknowledge that he is out of college. Like, he is older. So well, when they show him in SMR, he's, he's older because it's after everything. Yeah, but I think. They but reference the fact that he and, was there before yeah, that. Yeah. So he's like back at his old job yeah. in the normal world. Okay. Yeah, so the idea is that like in Evil Dead 2 and then Army of Darkness, he is older. Yeah. Right. He's, he's like out of college. Yeah, yeah he's on girlfriend. vacation with his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Um but I love that he goes into the whole S Smart mm-hmm. uh but you can find this at S Smart, like the whole spiel about that makes me laugh so hard. When he's explaining it as a fucking boomstick. Yes. The other question I have is like he shows up there with just the boomstick and no, and the chainsaw, right? But like no additional rounds. Uh uh-uh, uh no. He has like no like rounds in his pocket. Like how is he? How is he using the boomstick? I mean, he makes all of the weapons in that movie. Like, all of he the ammunition teaches, and everything. He teaches the medieval people how chemistry works yeah. in a chemistry 101 book. <laughs> he just made them. Uh, don't ask us how, but he did it. How in do you his, know his pockets weren't full? In his <laughs> chemistry book, yeah. in his chemistry book, they full-on explain how to make gunpowder. He literally I has... chemistry. That's not in there. That. He literally has... They build him an arm that functions better than prosthetics... He builds himself time. an arm yes. that functions better than prosthetics. So he only, he only has one arm to do this, and he's yes. building himself a better arm. Speaking of which, in the beginning, when they have him in the oh, like, they definitely film that in a certain angle. But they put his the nub the in the in the handhold, <laughs> yeah, and I'm, and then out. he like pretends like he's struggling, and I'm like, Your what are you doing? Like, <laughs> it's just like barely in there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, so this movie out of Nobody the Nobody asked him to think things through. No, but that's what makes it, like, what it is. And so well, from, that's what makes it campy, yeah. Yeah. And this movie, I think, out of the entire franchise, is my favorite. Is it your favorite because of camp? Because Yeah, because exactly. It's because it's, yeah. and it's so fun. And, like, the skeletons and, yeah. like, the, like, the full that's army. We had a full-blown like, discussion about how, or not how... Whether or not skeletons can play the bagpipes, I think that so. This Steve is... was watching it with me, and Steve was like, "I've played the bagpipes. You have to have lungs for that." 
These skeletons don't have locks. I think that this is the movie where they fully embrace camp. Obviously, oh, yeah. not knowing what camp is, oh, but yeah. they fully embrace like the absurdity of it. Absolutely, and just go did. for it. If any of the movies were like actually made to be horror comedy, it was it's this one. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say one thing that really um makes me feel good. I've touched the altar. That when when uh, Ash goes to like see mm-hmm. the in the, the Necronomicon and there's like the three Necronomicon. They also books. rename that book every time. Yes, it's a different name. Yes. That is something I noticed. Like on the rewatch, it was like none of these are the ne- Necromon- Necron- Necronomicon. Necronomicon yeah. until Army of Darkness. Until Army of Darkness. Correct. Yeah. And I love that. I've touched the, like altar. the book of the dead, and then they don't stop saying it every time someone's they, possessed or a witch. Is like, You'll never get the Necronomicon. <laughs> like, <laughs> um. Yeah, I've touched that altar. We, we already touched on the fact that uh, skeletons can't play bagpipes without lungs. Yes. Um, can they, though? I will say Army of Darkness has a couple of the greatest lines mm-hmm. in the entire franchise. Yes. Um, one of the ones that like makes me laugh really hard is the skeleton saying, put your backbones into it. Yes. <laughs> um, the best one is buckle up, bonehead. You're going Go for, for a ride. ride. Um, I, you're going for a ride. It's I cool. also took note of a great line that's from two. Okay. And it's when, I can't remember exactly when it happens, but Ash has the gun and he says, I'm going to blow your butts to kingdom come. <laughs> and I was on the plane crying because it was so funny. And I, I will I also say, um, I love, it's a little bit later in the film. It's when Ash officially connects the yep. chainsaw to his hand, oh, and he goodness. just like stops, and he goes groovy, groovy. Well, that's iconic. Yeah, that I was gonna is, say is groovy like, is like, like that's my next the, tattoo. Yeah, oh, it's gonna be the chainsaw that says groovy. That's actually that's a what, fantastic idea. I was, yeah. that's like a like a cult classic yeah. tattoo. Yeah. Like yeah. Ever, like a lot of people have that. Um, yeah. It, yeah, I love that too. Yeah. But they also that in the third one, gosh, he's like so serious, and then he just turns to Sheila, which. By the way, they're in medi- medieval times, and his love interest's name is Sheila. Sheila. I was like... That is not medieval times. Where in the medieval Bible <laughs> or history books does the name Sheila come up? But anyway, he just turns to her after being Australia, like, obviously. all super like stoic and serious, and he's like, come here, give me some sugar. And it's so cringe. Ugh. He has also, so many like cringy lines in that movie, too. I love that he moves on very quickly every movie from Linda. Because Linda changes every movie. Well, it's a different (laughs) Linda every movie. But, like, in the second movie, Linda dies very early on, Mm -hmm. and then he's, like, into this, like, college student like the she's the, uh she's an archaeologist she's right but he calls yeah. he calls her kid at some point he calls everyone kid so it's very odd that he's like in love with linda and then like very upset about her dying and like cannot kill her and then it's like five minutes later hey baby yeah it's like oh you're my shoulder to cry oh hey like right it's oh yeah um i also think that this movie is iconic for like as you mentioned like they're one-liners there are some fantastic just yeah. random lines that like are delivered so over the top yeah. that it makes yeah. them funny or they're very like scripted yes. like you oh, know yeah. they took that oh shot you know that they were like oh, oh yeah. yeah you well you also know that they were like let's put a line here yeah what would be funny we what would be good here what's a good line <laughs> choke on this <laughs> motherfucker 
That like that kind of thing, or they even do it in Evil Dead Two, where like the the mom that's yeah. the witch mm-hmm. or whatever they start calling her the witch later on. Yeah, she she's like, I'll swallow your soul. He's like, swallow this. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all kinds of just nonsense. Yeah. In the third one, when the like the witch like comes and like steals Sheila for the first time mm-hmm. or something, I can't remember exactly what point, but it goes silent. And he goes. He turns to her and goes, yo, she bitch. (laughs) It's one of my favorite lines in the entire movie because I'm like, you have no right. Um, (laughs) Who gave you the right? Who gave you the right? Um, Okay, but Army of Darkness, we cannot talk about that film without talking about the mini Bruces. Oh my god! The mini Bruces. I literally have a note here that's like... (laughs) The mini Bruce scene is, or the mini, I said the mini Ash scene is yeah. so bizarre. Literally, I don't even get it. No. The only thing I it does is there's something to be to get. It only builds up to the fact that it creates a second Hint, which Ash also does not have anything to do with anything in the plot of the movie. No, and also that this is exactly what I mean by like the other ones were just like paranormal demon possession, right? This is but going this is like we went to medieval times, but then it's just like also this happens. I, I feel many... like though they went to medieval times and they're like this probably makes no sense to anybody. Let's just go with let's, it. Yeah, yeah. let's and throw every idea in right, there. and that's like very much I think indicative. Mm-hmm. Of, like, the choices they made with, like, the mini Ash scene and... But then the mini Ash turning into the second one and then the second one, like, like, becoming the creepy evil one. Well, there's Mm -hmm. this... That entire sequence is so bizarre because it, like, he's, like, strapped down, like, Gulliver Travels type shit. (laughs) That's a very specific reference and I am surprised I know what you're talking about, but... Everyone knows knows that reference. (laughs) It's a very specific reference of, like, where the giant is, like, tied Mm -hmm. down by the mini people Mm -hmm. and it's... The whole thing is it's it's just Ash Williams the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, he, like, dives, like, swan dives into, into his mouth. And he chugs hot boiling yeah, water. Yeah, and then he, like, drinks the boiling water. And he's like, oh, how does that taste? Yeah. He's like... <laughs> and then you hear a... <laughs> and then, he, all of a sudden, he's, like, ripping his shirt off. There's, like, an eye in his shoulder. Yeah. I did not... He's and then the second one comes out, but they both have a shirt on. Have they, you noticed that? They have a... Yeah. It's like a double-headed shirt. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, so the shirt wearing, apparently transformed to... The shirt, yeah, they're both... It's a double... He has, like, two heads, and they each have collars on their shirt. Yeah, it just kind of, um... Yeah. The, it's not thought through, but I love that. It's hilarious. No, I, I think that. it was thought through, and they purposefully did that. Honestly, that makes it better. I love conscious <clears throat> choices to make no sense. Yeah. yeah. I love that. It's amazing. But, like, the, the prosthetics love- they put on the second mm-hmm. Ash... Is incredible, and I like it because when he freaks out, his the prosthetic tongue that's like shredded, like will like hang out the side of his mouth, and it's just it's so gross. But I'm like, wow, like they put a lot of detail into the character. They have money, eleven million. That's That's only eleven million million dollars into that tongue specifically. Um, one other thing I want to touch on before the last thing I want to touch on, so. The Ash vs. Evil Dead series came out um, on Stars a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So they did three seasons, and the entire concept is it kind of takes place 
like a long time after right. he's back at Army Esmart. of Darkness. He's working at Smart. He's fucking the ladies, and I would the dead eight. Like the, the dead eight. The dead eights come back for him because at the end of Army of Darkness. He's at Smart, and the Deadites are still there. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like this weird thing of like... Continuation of like... Insinuating like, has he been dealing with this his whole life? Yeah. He's never going to get So it's a really interesting show. Um, One of my favorite things about the show is it's like the second episode of season one. They go to a cult... They go to an occult shop in Berkeley, Michigan. Oh, dear. And I was like... We don't have an occult shop in Berkeley, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's literally my hometown. Yeah, that's where I went to high school. There. That's where I went to high school. Uh, we do not have an occult shop. <laughs> Maybe they I did even, back then. I told the my dad to go watch it. My dad was like, this Berkeley scene is weird. <laughs> I wonder, did Sam Raimi or Bruce um, have anything to do with that? Like, did they co-produce or have any they, like, Bruce hands well, in it? Um, yeah, is, Bruce, I've never Bruce, seen oh, it. Bruce it's Campbell, another one of those Bruce things Campbell where I was, was the star. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah. I, that was another one where it's I like was like separate. tentative to watch it and still have it oh, because no, I was like, Campbell's "Is this going to make actor. me disappointed in yeah. the series?" Now that I know that, I probably will watch yeah. it. It's on Netflix um, right now, but originally it was the. It's only three seasons. Um, it was mm-hmm. on Stars. Um, it's the entire concept is that Bruce is you know back in Michigan mm-hmm. trying to fight the Deadites. And various things does that come end, up with that. Like, reasonably? Or is it just, like, again, like, it's never gonna go away? Um, I don't no. want to answer that. I don't want to know. I haven't watched it either. Okay, well. Don't I'll answer that, because I don't I'll let y'all watch. Myself. It's a really good show. Maybe we'll we, do an episode just on Ash. I got Steve dead. to watch it with me. He enjoyed it. So, we had a fun I'll time watch watching. it now. It's, really, it's on Netflix. It's really I haven't good. Know, I didn't yeah, know anything about it. I knew of it, but I, I was... My dad it, watched it, too, because my dad was a big fan of the Evil Dead mm. franchise, and he's like, this was, like, really fun to watch. I think it's fun, too, for, like, you Michiganders, because a lot of it is, like, relatable to, like, knowing where you're from, yeah. and, like, it's you know, they're from Michigan and it's like so easy to like relate to that and like what's what you're seeing in the areas and whatnot. Michigan is notorious for like having connections to horror films mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because of the landscape or the people coming from there. I just... think part of it's the landscape because yeah. Michigan and like in general as a landscape is like a very different same with Tennessee. Like there's a lot yeah. of horror that comes out of yeah. Tennessee mm-hmm. I feel like or that's shot in Tennessee. Yeah. Because of the landscape, because mm-hmm. it's so like Wide spread mm-hmm. open areas and yep. like very scenic areas. To, yeah, no, it really <laughs> is. But yeah, there's like a there's a I feel like there's a lot of horror yeah. themes that come out of Michigan. So the one thing I want to talk about that I noticed this this rewatch through mm-hmm. is every time in each one of the first each one of the three movies and like the reboot, uh, I paused to like see when like the real climax happened between like. What like what facilitated the ending of the movie? Mm-hmm. And in the first one, there was about ten minutes of the movie left um, before like the movie ends mm-hmm. when like Bruce is like really going balls to the wall um, again. Like two, he straps on the um, chainsaw about mm-hmm. fifteen minutes before the end. Like the the end of the the time that the movie is. So there's about four minutes for credits. So there's about ten minutes between him strapping on the chainsaw. And, like, killing the abomination. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the new one, I made you pause it, and there was about 20 minutes or so 
It was like 15 minutes 15 before minutes. the chainsaw was brought out as like the main character. And there was about the five minutes again of like yeah. credits. So like it's uh, it's always interesting to me that like most of the movie is just like out there craziness, weirdness. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we got to rate it. In yeah, this everything happens. Yeah. <laughs> and so everything happens in that like 15 While we're talking minutes. on this vein, I think we should highlight the 2013 Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I should call it a reboot. Kind it's of a reboot. It's sort of it's this it's a reboot in the sense that like it is a retelling, I think. Yeah. If anything, a retelling in a different yeah. of a different story. So yeah. it's got nothing to do with the old Evil Dead other than the Necro- Necronomicon. Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. I cannot say that for some reason. Also, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell were producers. Yeah, they the co-produced 23- that, yeah. They did. Mm-hmm. On the but it has nothing remake. to do with the story yeah. of the original Evil Deads other than the Necronomicon yeah. existing. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, in the same vein as our previous episode with Scream, that it has a very, like, 2010s touch to it, where yeah. it's, like, overly gory, they try to have jump scares. I didn't have any. I didn't feel any. I didn't. I didn't think it was scary scares. at any point. I didn't even think it was overly gory. I was it, it like was suspenseful? Like, no. Oh wow. Um, it was not good. It's very like telling of the time that it was released. But yes and no. Like it's still not done well. Like Scream Four, I really liked as a retelling of and like. A oh yeah, Scream Four is good. This is this was not like they picked great. iconic scenes. From the to series recreate. to recreate and, in a different way, right? And they mm-hmm. didn't have the same effect because and they weren't telling the same story. They mm-hmm. had a really interesting like background story to the Necronomicon and to mm-hmm. what was happening, but they also had a really weird background story that they brought in, where like the main girl that was like replacing Ash was a drug addict, yeah. and they were like. Their background was that she was, they were going to their this family's cab- cabin yeah. to, uh, for her to quit cold, to quit heroin cold turkey. Oh, and go, wow. she was going through her withdrawal and there in was the like, cabin. So they, they didn't believe that she was seeing demons because right. she was going through withdrawal. But it was just a heroin. very, like, weird situation. Yeah. Because it was like, all of a sudden, that, like, once the demons came in, that whole, like, earlier plot just dropped. Yeah. Mm. And so, Gone. like, when it was over, we're like, okay, is she, like, done? Like, is she clean? She's good now. Like, she's good yeah. now. She's missing an arm. She's good um, now. One thing I do want to point out specifically about the remake. So, you know how I was talking earlier about how the earlier films were um, getting, like, x rated yeah. mm-hmm. NC-17? Evil Dead 2013 was given an R rating. They used... 350 times the amount of blood compared to the original Well, that's film. what I was going to say. The they used R-rating. approximately 70,000 gallons of fake well, blood. Well, I was going to say, the R rating makes sense to me there because it literally rains blood for mm-hmm. like the last five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that movie was good. And I think the no. reason I think it's not good is because... I think it took like, itself seriously. It took itself too seriously, but it was also like framed as like a teen horror yeah where like everyone's an attractive teenager and like none of them have actual like backgrounds well they're they're because it was from 2013 they're adults but it's like one of those like teen horror type films yeah it's like riverdale but like horror essentially is what i would describe it as and it just the plot doesn't make sense and then they rely heavily on like what i said to stephanie as like 
this is like a mix between The Ring, gr- The Grudge, and like a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. And like you have no idea what's going on because yeah. they're relying heavily on like this girl, like the main character. She has dark hair. She's actually not And her hair is in her face the entire and film. And she's so got very like, demonic the- like looks. And like every time they like pan to her, she's got like a very like wide-eyed demonic look on her face and like they have prosthetics on her to make her look more demonic yeah. that is more like um, reminiscent of the ring and the grudge yeah and so like it doesn't make sense they're again like with an evil dead franchise history like there's no rhyme or reason to who gets possessed yeah. and why right but like they are trying almost to like pull too much of like success other successful horrors into it mm-hmm. on top of like trying to like pay homage to like the very iconic scenes of Evil Dead. So it just like felt very it was discombobulated. Ba- it was like- so all over the place. Like they had a scene where uh, someone cuts their arm off. Her arm is possessed. Very similar to Evil that's, Dead too. And I think that that's and one then they the have her things. cut her arm off and then. That's it. She still gets possessed. So, right. like, it's not, like... And they... And she's not the main character, either. And then the main character in that film is the first one to get possessed. She's right. possessed for half of the film. And then she's the one that, spoiler alert, survives. I think my problem with this film is that because they're paying so much homage to the Evil Dead franchise... They were trying they to were slip like, in famous scenes right. while trying to but tell like, a different story. They're also trying to say, like, this is Ash... Mm-hmm. But at no point are you like, this is Ash. Like, this is, like, the new Ash. This right. is who they're trying to present as Ash. Mm-hmm. Because so many of his iconic scenes are split between different people. So, like, there's a brother and then a sister. Yeah. The sister is who survives, like, Ash would. But the brother is posed as, like, the hero, the of, hero the story, of the story. But yeah. his girlfriend cuts his arm off. And then the sister also loses her arm at some point, yeah. And she gets the chainsaw. It's really so like, it's, it's kind just, of all it's they're all, trying to pay yeah you made it really, it's all over the place it's all over the place but they tried to pay homage to the famous scenes of you know the sister coming out you know like yes they, on, sh- they yes. open the like the hatch to mm-hmm. go downstairs the sister is like talking to them right. through the hatch they show they like, Dan coming through the ground yeah but that's like the abomination that does yeah. that and it's 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 all over. I the can place. appreciate what they were trying to do, but it sounds like they, they tried to do, do too much job. in one movie, and they didn't do it well enough yes. for right. it to. They didn't do like, any part well enough, especially yeah. and, like if you like. This is a cult classic film. Like right. it is, right. you if you're ha- touching it, you have to do it. Justice. You have to do it justice. And there were points where like the pacing is so off in that movie. There were points where Stephanie and I were like, "Oh, what about this?" Seconds later, they're like explaining it, and um, so if the pacing is off enough to where like you can ask the question or like you can like figure out the answer and then they tell you the answer mm. and that means that there's something wrong with the way they're pacing this. Right. And so like literally there are points where we're like oh is that like I can't remember exa- the exact one. Oh is there blood? Is that blood? Mm-hmm. And then like a second later somebody goes oh is that blood? And it was the just like timing the, the timing between them good. showing the blood and then someone, say- someone saying it. If you were able to ask that question before someone says it yeah. the pacing is off. And so like loving this movie I, I would not suggest watching this. But it and kind of, I like, what you guys it. are saying spikes my curiosity just, like, to critique it. I would watch <laughs> it, like, knowing that it's not good and yeah. it's right. not, of, like, a good With the frame of mind, like, okay, don't expect the right. Evil Dead mm-hmm. franchise mm-hmm. because right. it's nothing exactly. like don't it. Don't expect anything out of it. So Enjoy as, it as a horror movie on its yeah. own. As we wrap with that specific, you know, cult classic mindset, mm-hmm. as we wrap up kind of this discussion... 
Um, one thing I think you would both find very interesting. So the cabin site that they filmed the original Evil Dead back in, you know, the early 80s became like um, a spot where tourists would go and trespass. Um, in 1982, the year after the film was originally released, the film was so popular as a cult classic that um, drunken trespassers actually burned the cabin down <gasps> accidentally. The chimney still remains, and people will steal bricks from the chimney when they go I mean, to visit the site. Not many. I also would steal a brick. So it can't be many. I feel like it's not in good shape. Um, but that that is the you know the state of yeah. the original. Cabin. Yeah, I mean, this is just like a cult classic, and I totally Absolutely. understand. Like, I mean, I don't understand like do, like burning it down, and yeah. stealing stuff from it. But like, it was an accident. It yeah. was drunken trespassers. But also like, stealing like yeah. bricks. I that is unfortunate. Yeah, though. it is a cult classic though, and it's um, a fantastic like addition to the horror. So franchises. I out have there. I have two quick things I want to touch on because we need to close. Um, Right now, you can go and, if you are in the Los Angeles area, you can go and visit the Mystic Museum and go see the 40th anniversary Evil Dead um, Museum. Mm -hmm. So they hosted this, uh, they hosted a different version back in 2019 when I got to attend, and that's when I got to touch the Necronomicon altar. Mm -hmm. Um, I also got to see the original basement uh mm-hmm. cellar oh, wow. door i see the cellar door like shake and like those props um this it's a it's an occult shop that also hosts museums that change for different horror movies mm-hmm. but right now they're doing a, an evil dead tribute when i went back in 2019 it was so much fun and they're doing a more immersive version right now in yeah. 2021 so if you are in the la area i highly recommend going um i also want to highlight the fact that in 2022, we are getting a new Evil Dead film. What? So, it's Evil, Evil Dead, Dead Rise. Rise. And it's not... It's, again, like a reimagining, a retelling. It's a, with different, a different story. story. It's not a sequel to the no. 2013? No. Okay. It's so, it was different. actually initially going to... It was initially pitched as a sequel to the 2013, because the 2013 like ends kind of like... It ends, but there's like an open ending, sort of. Um, I was like, fuck no. And they decided to like repitch it as a separate story again. So it is a separate story. It's told, uh, it's, from what I understand, like, we're like a brief synopsis of the thought. Like, the, it's from a woman's perspective. It's but, about this these sisters that yeah. find uh, the Necronomicon. A nec- and they're not even calling it the anymore. They call it the. A they call ne- it a Necronomicon below their house. Wow. Okay. Wow. It's going to be an HBO Max in 2022. Yeah. And does Sam Raimi or Bruce Campbell? They're producing. They're producing. They are not directing. They are not in it. They are producing. Right. So producing just means that they're giving the money for it. Yeah. Right. Bruce Campbell has said after Ash versus Evil Dead, he is not. He's 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 done. Yeah. Playing Ash Williams. So I get it. I mean, at some point, sorry, I thought that was Oscar licking my legs. (laughs) Um. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So, cool. with that in mind, if you have any, what final thought would you guys like to wrap this on? 
Do you have anything about Evil Dead that you would like, that you specifically would like to say to wrap this up? I other than I I think it was just such like a a good introduction into horror mm-hmm. for me. It was mm-hmm. one of the like I know like on this podcast alone I've talked about the burning, which mm-hmm. was like the slasher film that like really got me into horror. Yeah. I think this one was another one that really got me into horror and like is a franchise I've always appreciated. Yeah. Um Bruce Campbell is daddy. Like I oh, he's yeah, I love so Bruce sexy. Campbell. I love him so much. And then now that we all have like a very close connection to Sam Raimi. It makes me appreciate it even more. We we already played the how many connections. He's got that, I got, we all have a Sam Rockwell thing for Bruce Campbell. Mm -hmm. That's what we're calling him the podcast now, by the way. When you Um, have an attraction to an inappropriately older man. Oh, okay. It's the Sam Sam Rockwell Rockwell thing. thing. Gotcha. Well, hopefully one day in the future we'll all get a chance to meet him. And Being Sam Raimi, I don't think Bruce will show up. But um, the one thing I have to say is I'm obsessed with his unibrow, and I love that. Like in two, in Army of Darkness, he always at some point gets like a piece of blood on his eyebrow to mm. make it like a unibrow. <laughs> They're also just so active. They have oh, yeah. so much to say. On they their got own. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Steph? I think we hit my points. I was going to do my yeah. little spiel. Do you... Yeah, that's fine. I can always yeah. copy it from another episode if yeah. you don't want to. No, I can do it. So, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, we had a great time recording it. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating. Um, and write us a review. We always say this every episode. If you write us a review, we'll read it on air. We've been saying this for three years and none of you guys leave us reviews. So if you're not feeling comfortable leaving us a public review, please reach out to us on social media. If you listen through the song, you'll hear all of our social media handles. And if you talk to us, we'll talk to you. We love hearing from you guys. So please reach out to us. And with that... We will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, And if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at shitty concert blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.